All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to this uh, early edition of Thoughts On. Uh, today, I want to talk about carries. Uh, for my ramblings, I'm going to enjoy some messenger coffee, which is out of Kansas City, uh, suggested to me by a good buddy of mine, Taylor Premer from Gestalt Education. Um, you know, it might be the the best coffee, best coffee chef I've ever had. So this is a Peruvian blend, quite good. Um, and that's what we're going to go with today for our discussion of carries. Uh, carries came up because last week I was talking to a patient a slash athlete, and we were talking about you know how to implement carries and when. And I kind of realized that carries are sort of, um, in some ways, popular. Like you see people doing them online and, and that kind of a thing. And I also think that they're they're also simultaneously underutilized. Carries essentially are going to be training trunk stability endurance, and and that is a an oftentimes uh, overlooked or omitted attribute expression as you will of, of trunk stability so it's really really good to have these in here they're good for recovery they're good for you know overall just trunk stability strength um but i i think that there's maybe some tendencies to favor um, one kind of carry over the other and, and hopefully by the end of this little uh, rambling here you guys might uh, see the utility of using the less common one so there are three types three kinds of carries you have bilateral carries like your farmer's carries or you know double kettlebell overhead you've got unilateral carries you know like a you know single sandbag on the shoulder or a suitcase carry and then you have your axial carries which is going to be you know your yoke carry is probably the best example of that um, you could also do you know strongman front front rack um, you might also think of those as symmetrical carries right now, the carries, like I just said, they're useful for training trunk stability endurance. They're great for just grit, uh, strong manny, farmer stuff, which I think is fantastic. So functional. So I, I, I mean, I do them a lot and enjoy them. But, you know, really the, the, the types of carries that are favored are usually bilateral carries, right? You'll see people all the time doing farmer's walks or they'll be doing yoke carries. And I was thinking about it the other day and... and the, the mechanisms for how they actually activate the trunk, so to speak, your trunk stabilizers or your trunk stiffeners, if you will, is a little bit different than people might think um, because they're, they're symmetrical carries, right? You've got the yoke carry is symmetrical. You know, the strongman front rack is symmetrical. And of course, the farmer's walk, theoretically, if you've got them loaded symmetrically, is going to be symmetrical. Uh, and if you think about it, just sort of standing there, well, what what exactly is going on there and how are you activating your core? So if I'm holding, let's say, two 53-pound kettlebells and just standing in place, there's not actually a lot of trunk activation going on, at least not to any significant degree, because the the bell in my right hand is pulling me to the right, and that's going to theoretically activate my left lateral flexors. But I have a bell in my left hand um, that would pull me towards the left. So they kind of cancel each other out. And really what you're doing there is you're just sort of, you know, working your traps, which anyone that's done a carry uh, can feel that. And you're, of course, working your grip because you're going to be holding a bell for a long time. But in terms of trunk activation, you're really just getting an incredible amount of axial compression. And that's basically just sort of squishing the spine, right? If you just take the spine, take your head and sort of like push it down towards your pelvis, that's axial compression. I, and unless you're a power lifter or a strongman guy competitor that needs to be able to handle an incredible amount of axial compression in your spine, I don't really know 
why you would do it other than just for variety of the carry, which, which again, variety is important. Um, but I don't know why you would favor that you know, over some of the other carries that I'm going to talk about. Okay, but now I, I just said that there's not a lot of trunk activation just sort of standing there. But anyone that's done a farmer's walk or a yoke carry for that matter can feel an incredible amount of actual um, trunk activation. So, so where is this coming from, right? Uh, and I'm not talking about strongman holds. Strongman holds, if you've got the bell in the front or if you're doing like a zerker hold with a sandbag, the center of mass of that bag is far enough forward that you're going to have, there's an incredible bending force pulling you, um, in that case, into flexion. And so you have to sort of stiffen your spine up um, and activate some of your extensors to resist that bending force. What I'm talking about are farmer's walks and yoke carries, and those are just totally symmetrical. The center of mass of the thing that you're carrying is not far enough off of your torso to give any significant activation. But anyone that's done that can feel that they are having to work their core really, really hard. So where is that coming from? It's coming from inertia and momentum. So when you're standing there with the bells, and you go to step forward, the bells don't want to go forward. They don't want to move. That's inertia, right? Inertia is going to be an object's resistance uh, to change in state. So if they're just chilling there, they don't want to go forward. So now when you step forward, you get you have to activate your pecs um, and your whole basically anterior or ventral um, trunk stabilizers or trunk musculature in order to overcome the inertia of the bells at rest. And you essentially, as you step forward, you have to pull them forward. Well, now they gain in momentum, right? And so momentum is going to be mass times velocity. So now as those bells, the heavier they are, the more momentum they have, they want to swing forward. They have momentum going forward. Then you put your foot down, right? You just took a step forward. Now you actually have to overcome that momentum. And now that's going to be activating, you know, your lats, your shoulder extensors, and the back part of your trunk in order to, you have to stiffen your spine up there to, to sort of slow the bells down. And then as you're walking, you have this sort of like forward and backward between inertia and momentum, inertia and momentum um, that's, that's consistently sort of oscillating and activating your trunk stabilizers. That, that, that actually happens. Um, and like I said, there is utility to that, but only, in my opinion, the extent to give variety to a carry so that you're not just only doing the same kind of carry all the time. My issue with it is that it comes, the, the trunk activation there comes with an incredible amount of axial compression on the spine. Um, I didn't mean to lean uh, too far clinical on this one today, but you know, axial compression on the spine is, is one of the more insidious sort of hidden forces that produces stubborn low back injuries. Um, so if you're doing things that are consistently, you know, actually loading like carry, like like bilateral carries, when you could be doing something else that will get an enhanced amount of trunk activation without the same amount of axial compression, I just wonder why are we doing this? Why do we lean that way? So let's talk about unilateral carries then. That's obviously the other the other option. So single shoulder, you know, holding a kettlebell on one side, kettlebell front rack, you know, again single overhead waiter carry, whatever. When you have an, an asymmetrical load, you now have, without as much axial compression, you have a bending force that's maintaining continuous activation of your trunk stiffeners, your trunk musculature. 
And that allows you to constantly keep the trunk working and modulating its activity to maintain good spinal positioning. When I, when I talked about the, the bilateral of a farmer's walk before, we mentioned that the, the bell in your right hand pulls your torso to the right, but that force is canceled out by the bell in your left hand. Well, if you're only holding a bell in your right hand, now you have a consistent right lateral flexion bending force, and you're then going to have to stiffen your spine in the coronal plane against that force. And as long as you've got the bell in your hand, you're going to be maintaining that activity. So now you're getting continuous activation, even at rest. You don't need to walk or move to activate your trunk stabilizers like you do with um, symmetrical carries like a yoke carry or a farmer's carry. The other benefit here is that you have a massive reduction in the axial compression. So now you have continuous activation and you have a massive, sorry, you have a continuous activation of your trunk stabilizers or trunk stiffeners. And then you also have that with a considerable reduction in the um, axial compression of the spine. So this is, this is the advantage. I really think that um, we need to be favoring unilateral carries over bilateral carries for this reason. And if you go out and you you just hold a 35-pound kettlebell and you switch hands whenever you want and you just sort of walk around the street for 10 minutes, you're going to feel good trunk activation. If, you, if you're doing that with, you know, two 35s, then you can feel the trunk activation. And, of course, the grip is going to get more wrecked there. I'll talk about that in a second um, or more challenged there. Um, but it's coming with more axial compression. So I, I think that uh, if you if you pull anything from this, I'm hoping that you just become willing to experiment and maybe favor your unilateral carries over your bilateral carries. Uh, let's talk about grip for a second. I, I started doing a lot more carries when I was training for the um, Simple and Sinister from the Strong First. And grip is grip is an issue. If you're gonna do a hundred swings, you know, with increasing weight, you know, I think I was trying to get um, a forty kilo for a hundred swings in five minutes. Um, grip is an issue, so you have to you know have to do these things. So I was doing lots of carries to work on this. And if you're only doing a unilateral carry, even if you're switching consistently, even if the bell is really really heavy, there's usually um, almost too much rest. So when you go back and forth, there's not much of a grip. Uh, issue there. My solution to this is to do asymmetrical farmer's walks. So you're still able to keep the the, the, the hands, the, the, the grip muscles, your, your wrist flexors, your finger flexors engaged so you can work on you know, your grip strength, your grip endurance, but you're doing so with an a, asymmetrical load. So now because it's offset, that means that there is that bending force, right? And so there's a little bit more axial compression, but having that consistent bending force that the spine has got to constantly modulate against is of tremendous value. So you might do a farmer's walk where one hand you're holding a 53 and the other hand you're only holding a 26. So now that's giving you that offset. And you can switch sides, you know, switch the bells, you know, whenever you need to, but then you're having your grip muscles work more consistently if that's an issue for you. So if, if you like the bilateral carry thing, I suggest that you try um, an offloaded one where they're, they're asymmetrically loaded and see how much better of actual trunk activation you get. And you don't even need as much weight, right? So if you're going to get a lot of trunk activation and you're only holding 
you know, you had to hold 53s or something like that. You might have to really increase the weight to get the same amount of trunk activation that you could get with, you know, holding a 44 and a, and a, and a 26. Um, my, what, I've, what I've been doing in terms of what load is I basically am, am cutting in half. So if I've got uh, 40 kilo in one hand, I'm just going to hold the 20 kilo in the other one. And that creates a nice little offset there. Um, so, yeah, so that's really uh, all the thoughts that I had on this. Um, I think carries are great. I actually have love uh, and affection for all the carries, including the ones I was sort of crapping on today. Your your yoke carries and your uh, your your farmers, not farmers, strongman front rack carries, your zerker carries. But I would just uh, hopefully suggest that you guys start tinkering with favoring unilateral carries and then spicing up your your life or the the carry programming with some of those other ones that we tend to go after. So uh, give that a whirl, uh, comment below. Um, I'd love to hear what you guys are thinking and what 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 all workouts you guys are doing and, and how you're liking the unilateral carries uh, versus the other ones. If you're not doing carries, then I think that you should start tinkering those. They are a fantastic way to activate the trunk stabilizers. Uh, they're a great thing to do in recovery. They're a great thing to do after workouts. Um, they're great days, uh, great things to do on just sort of like an easy off day. Um, I will frequently be the weird dude in the neighborhood walking around with a, a 60 pound sandbag on my shoulder, just walking through the neighborhood and switching sides whenever I need to, maybe throwing in a couple cleans every couple minutes. But they can be fantastic workouts. I think that's a, an entire thoughts on uh, topic that we could maybe cover some other time. Uh, but for the time being, have a wonderful day. Uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying some good coffee and we'll see you next time.